Welcome to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm Gail Powell. I'm a board member at Masters Mana uh, Food Pantry and Resource Center here in Wallingford. And with me tonight is Ian Brooks. Thank you, Gail. It's a pleasure to be here. We are so passionate about what we do and to have this invitation to come here and talk about everything really is exciting. It is. So I suppose I want to ask you, how did you get connected? What's your beginning in the organization? My initial connection with, uh, with Masters Banner was before it even had a name. Yeah. It was uh, through church, uh, through the... Um, finaglings of our pastor who heard about this woman uh, giving clothes and food away from a church basement. So he went and investigated and before you knew it, our church was contributing to Master's Manor as often as we could in any means that we could. And the relationship grew from there. So that was my first introduction. So it was, I think, even before they were incorporated. Wow. wow. Yeah. And how about you? For me, a friend of ours, Uta Brinkman, who sells, repairs violins, string instruments, who actually just lives up the road from here, same road in fact, had our Toastmasters organization go in at Christmas because we weren't able to use our usual parks and rec room and Cheryl back then offered the dining room at the old facility and so we popped in, she wove her magic to have us come back in subsequent years and in my case I decided that being involved in helping local residents with basic needs was important to me and back then Cheryl's words were when you come in three times we feel as if everything is possible for everybody you're hooked you're hooked and she looked at me, she pointed at me, and she said, this is your third time. <laughs> and that was back in 2012, so that's over 10 years ago now. I think Cheryl knew that I was hooked um, just from the relationship we had uh, through the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, she was incredibly um, active when our minister retired. I had her come and say a few words, and, and she kind of alluded to the fact that it was our pastor who gave her the courage to speak her mind and go out and do what she wanted to do and ask for what she needed to ask for and whatnot. And I think I credit um, Eric Fialdahl uh, immensely with her founding of the actual organization. And um, it was several years after that when she was moving from the uh, volunteer-type board members into trying to recruit other board members from other professions, mm -hmm, other walks mm -hmm. of life and whatnot, to, to bring in a little more diversity to the board that she approached me one, one morning in church and said, oh, I've got something to ask you. And she said, no. And then she said, yes. And so, you know, so then she asked me officially if I would consider, you know, sitting on the board. And I said, well, let me come and attend a couple of meetings and then I'll let you know. And um, it was probably my third meeting, Ian, when I finally said to her, 
Um, yes, I will definitely give you a letter of my intent to, uh, to serve Master Smana through being a volunteer on the board. So that's how I got hooked. I think we're seeing the master recruiter at work, aren't we? Absolutely, absolutely. The master planner of all of our lives. You know, Cheryl guided the ship for 10 years admirably and retired um, at just about the right time. I think 10 years for a founder and a contributor and a donor and a fundraiser takes a lot out of a person. She will always be the reason we are what we are today and tomorrow. And I think it's to her credit that as we look at the program today, it's largely the program which she built over those 10 years. We have the food pantry as our standard major program, four days a week, over one ton of food going out the door in shopping bags four days a week, which is incredible for a community of our size. Yep. And then we have the meals, which are cooked three days a week, going out at the same time as the food pantry. We have the large clothing area in a separate location at Silversmith Park. And finally, we have the amazing healthcare program run independently by Community Health Center. Of course, the terrific thing is that all the services we offer are free to those in need. Correct. There's never we a charge We don't for have anything. any charge for any yeah. service, and we have a low bar to entry, meaning if you need help, we're there, we want to help. And that's so important, and that was a value that Cheryl initiated at the very beginning, and bless her for that. It was yes. terrific. I think that's one of the first questions that a person asks me when they find out that they might need to come to a food pantry is, what do I need to bring? What kind of information mm -hmm. do I need mm -hmm. to provide? And the fact of the matter is there's very little. As long as you can give us identification and proof of where you live, and if, God forbid, you're homeless, what your last address was, then we can get you registered and on the shopping uh, routine for providing food for your day-to-day um, -day living which I think is the most important thing we do. As, of course, we both know, if you live in Wallingford or any town that touches Wallingford and you can show that residency, you qualify to come and shop for food weekly yep. on an appointment basis because we're having up to 100 families a day coming in in a three or four hour period. And, of course, that's keeping everybody pretty busy these days. And that's a good thing. I mean, the fact that they're busy and, and helping us get what comes in the back door out the front door without spending much time uh, getting uh, dust on it. People need to know that what they donate doesn't linger on our shelves. It, it's, um, it's immediately put to good use, whether it's food, clothing, or money. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We as a board and our staff and our volunteers are all very um, aware of the sacrifices people make when they bring something to us. And we try to be good stewards of any donation of any size or any value. So I think that's important for people to know as well. We um, humbly 
accept their donations and yeah, move right. them along as fast as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I find when I take people around right now is the quantity of food on the shelves is at a low level. And if we're giving out one ton of food a day, we're finding our visitors don't see more than maybe one and a half, two tons of food on the shelves, which shows how much food is coming in every day and going out. And going back to your point there, food can come in in the morning when it's reclaimed from the local stores and the local distributors and so on. And it literally can come straight in, it can go into the pantry, and it can spend as little as 10, 15, 20 minutes in the building. Yeah. And that's particularly true, of course, of the produce, the meats, probably frozen meat in that case. It, yeah, which is why we love the big drives like the postal workers uh, drive right, in the right. spring and the Boy Scout drive in the fall. It's because when they come in, they come in with thousands of pounds of cans and non-perishable foods and, and that just... Um, that just lightens our hearts and, and makes us feel warm all over. So that's really great. And we also have a lot of our corporate neighbors now mm -hmm. um, who are doing food drives on their own. Some of them do food drives online and some of them do food, food drives right in their facilities um, or retail they collect at the door. And all of that helps. It doesn't matter how big or small your box is, anything that you donate helps a person sustain right. their life, which is important. Absolutely. And then adding to that, of course, we think of the schools, we think of the community organizations, we think of the faith communities. We are so blessed with how much we get from so broad a range of individuals and organizations in town. I think Masters Manor is, and blessed is the word, because whenever we amplify a need, the community reacts. And I think that's, um, that's when you know that you, you have a community with a heart. And that's why I think our, our tagline, when we say we're building a stronger community together, together. it means all of us. It Absolutely. means everyone from the volunteers through the board, to the people who donate, to the people who come and shop. We're all doing it together. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that we, I think we've both heard is that once you register and shop the first couple of times, you're part of the community. You're a member of the family. You come in and everybody knows your first name. It's um, not quite a cheers environment, but it's, it's as close to that as you can get because everybody's there to make your life better. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, by coming mm -hmm. and by, you know, showing that, that those serving you are, are, are doing something well for you, then their hearts are lighter too. So everybody wins. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Those being served and those serving are all, all benefited by Master Smana's work. Agreed. And I think everybody deserves a good meal. That is true. And it was brought upon us by one of our former chefs. Everyone who has succeeded her has only upped the ante, so to speak. Um, the chef that we have cooking now, I was told by one of the, one of the gals who helps uh, serve that, boy, his cooking is really fancy. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I wonder if Toby knows his food is fancy. But, you know... Um, it's good to have people mm -hmm. feel that, you know, 
it's not just like we used to picture in the army. You're going through the mess line mm -hmm, and it's flop, mm -hmm, flop, mm -hmm. flop. What people are preparing is actually prepared in a manner that makes you feel like you're eating at a restaurant. And Well, of course, they are eating in a restaurant because we are in a restaurant building. That's correct. We just turned the bar into a restaurant and we turned the restaurant into a food pantry. But they are in a restaurant and it's cooked in a superb restaurant facility. And I think that was one of the biggest improvements in our move was the, the change in atmosphere. It was so different than walking into an industrial warehouse mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. you walked into a foyer that had furniture and had recognition of its donors on the walls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. you went into a kitchen where you had tables and chairs and not little mushroom seats like the cafeterias. I always found those Do you remember the folding up tables yeah, that were donated to us? Yeah. That We asked for those, they were donated, and we had to be able to fold them up, put them in the corner to clean the floor. Yeah, Doesn't we, that seem like an age ago? It, it seems like a century ago, but it, it just goes to show that the longer, the longer we're serving, the more we're trying mm -hmm. to make it better. Right. Um, and the only thing that could really make it supreme would be if the need for food for other people were to go away. Absolutely. But we were talking about our um, our restaurant, and that's where I think we actually used to have a cheers atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And then came COVID. Darn that COVID, darn that pandemic, because that's what I'd like to get back to. When people would come in the morning with their paper and have their coffee and their, and their pastry or whatever, even and breakfast. And have the community. As a community. And, and people who tend to be hungry or living impoverished lives tend to isolate themselves from socializing. And this brought people together and people were having fellowship all day long. And nobody rushed them through what they were doing. They, as long as they were comfortable and they weren't, you know, causing any, any problems, then they were welcome to stay till lunch or on and, Wednesdays and till I, dinner. I, I think you made a very important point there that if you're struggling, food is only one of the issues which you face. And obviously we cannot be all things to all people all the time, but we do have to be mindful that it's difficult when you are struggling to keep your head above water. Apartments, transport, jobs, family, children, bills, no end of things. Yeah. And obviously that's a challenge that we face to see what we can do to help with resources, offering resources, even if they're human resources and encouragement, listening, patience, whatever we can give, but that's as big a challenge as the distribution of the items that we do have. Right. And that's part of the backdrop to our being on the board is the fact that we have an opportunity to network with uh, other nonprofit networks and like the United Way and the Wallingford Alliance and and several others that are, are in the community. So 
we're able to channel people or refer people to different nonprofits when we know there's a need. And I think because people come in and they're comfortable talking with us and talking with our staff and talking with our volunteers, that we find out maybe, hey, this, this person just lost a job. Maybe I can direct them to this or that. United Way has their Workforce Alliance now, and what they're trying to do is to get people who are unemployed or underemployed into the workforce or give them a way to ramp up their value in the workforce so they can increase their standard of living. And, you know, together we do all these things so that we share names and we share lists and we share resources without trying to be redundant. And I think that helps everyone. Absolutely. I think at this point we should just go to our third tagline, which of course is our most important. Food is not an, an option. option. And that comes from our previous major donor. And I think that's the mantra that we all live by in our organization. It's really, I think, what brings us all together from everybody who helps in every way, whether in the building or from outside the building. And, th and that to me is what's so exciting is that we are united by trying to address that need throughout our community. I'll never forget the night that uh, Bill Pappas, who spoke those words, said them. I mean, the, the agency, Masters Manor, was really at a low point. We were we were really wondering if we were going to have the what with all to keep our doors open and whatnot. So while we struggled to look for new housing and new this and whatnot, we also considered options of closing. And he came in that night, and it was a Monday night. I'll never forget it. And he sat down. We were all assembled. I think he was our chair at the time. And he said, you know, guys, he said, I know we've had a long weekend to think about things, but as long as I come in this building to a meeting and that parking lot is full, this place won't close down, he said, because food is not an option. And boy, did that set off bells and alarms. Right. We knew right then and there that whatever it took, we would, we would do. And that's why he said to us later, I've never seen a group of people work as hard as you can, as long as you can, for as many hours as you can, as this board of directors does. So I felt for someone with his experience on boards, that was a pretty high compliment. Well, it was a wonderful compliment, but of course we have to return the compliment because of the extraordinary support he gave us. And I particularly think of that in terms of the professional help and the I'd say the emotional encouragement he gave us when we moved because we were, as you said, in a difficult space right then. And he just talked about every, everything as if it was normal. It was as if it was just crossing the road. It was just another day at work for him. It was, And yet here we were looking at plans, wondering about shelves, wondering about this. He, he gave us people with moving vans from his company to help us move our stuff so we didn't have to use our, our prize And donations. he gave us all the shelves, if and you remember. And he gave us all the shelves. And those shelves are the strongest ones you can get anywhere. <laughs> he was a mentor. He was a guiding light. He was a fantastic supporter. 
He was a great board member, and I think that's why we made the move to make him uh, our past chair emeritus forever and ever. Um, every every department in our place has his picture or his name somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at one point, we decided at Christmas time, because of everything he did to help us move, and how successful our first year was, and how we were beginning to come out of the the um, the the pit, so to speak, that we said why don't we give him the gift of putting his name on the actual food pantry? Agreed. And to this day, it's the Pappas Family Food Pantry. And I think that was, that was a very fitting dedication. Agreed. And as we give credit to him, I think we should also give credit to so many other stakeholders, not least our huge volunteer force, yes. our staff. And they are with us every day. That's amazing. We obviously wouldn't be able to do anything without all of them. And they, uh, they, we literally have dozens in the core group of volunteers. And we've got our five staff too, all amazing. We can be very proud. Our five staff are, are like all different ends of a pentagram. And yet their synergy about getting the work done for the day is astounding. They all know how to work as a team mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they all mm -hmm. know how to make people feel welcome. Someone might feel uncomfortable when they park their car in the lot the first time, but I think after they've come through the threshold a couple of times, that feeling goes away very soon. I've heard the stories that the challenge is to get in the door. And one of the sad things that we're hearing today, of course, is the stories of those who come in very sad and not feeling good, saying, I used to give here, and now I have to come to get. And yeah. that's so hard for them, for the staff to hear it. It's a difficult world today. And since the pandemic, with inflation and whatnot, people are feeling the need for some way to supplement their own monies going to the grocery store and have come to the food pantry because they just can't get enough for the money that they have. And there shouldn't be, in our minds, there shouldn't be a choice whether you pick up your prescription or whether you have uh, food and protein and milk mm -hmm. and cereal mm -hmm. to put on the table for your family. Um, I think we've all heard some of the stories that bring tears to your hearts. There's absolutely no need for people to lose hope. And that's why when I talk to people, when I go out to organizations and whatnot, I always let them know that we do more than distribute food, but everything we do has to do with four-letter words, hope. food and hope. And they go together. Because once a person loses hope, they've lost everything. So if, if they come in and we can not only fill their hearts with food, but fill their hearts with hope, then That's we're everything. double blessed. Indeed. You've been very busy lately trying to figure out how we can get more, more protein into our warehouse. Would you like to talk about that? It, it's quite simple. As you just mentioned, inflation is eating away at the budgets of many households and getting fresh foods proteins into houses is becoming more and more difficult. 
their shelf life isn't as long, the costs are higher, but they're so necessary for good nutrition. So we are working in our outreach to see who we can talk to, how we can work to bring more of these important items in, proteins, vegetables, fruits, etc. And it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. It is a challenge. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to put a, a bowl of mac and cheese on somebody's plate, but when you're trying to buy a little bit more of maybe an 85% ground beef instead of a 70% ground beef so that there's more value in that protein, that takes a lot. And even the food banks are having uh, mm -hmm. trouble um, getting their, keeping their donations up because the country as a whole, the whole supply chain issue has, has really affected everything that we do and everything that we've been accustomed to doing. We really need to constantly be on our toes and be educating ourselves. And I know you go to webinars, you go to meetings, I go to webinars, I go to meetings. We, we network any way we can to bring the news in so the board can make um, qualified, quantified, educated, and um, smart mm -hmm. decisions, which is uh, what is keeping us ahead and, and making it able for us to keep the mission going strong. Indeed. You have a particular affinity to the kitchen and the chefs and the food. I love Where are we today with food the from the kitchen? The only good thing that came out of the pandemic was the fact that while we had to shut our kitchen down, we were still able to send home takeout meals, be it a sandwich or whatever. But while our kitchen wasn't actively cooking and presenting meals, mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. were replacing all the industrial equipment with a new stove, a new dishwasher, a new steam table. Our infrastructure in the kitchen that was kind of falling apart was all resurrected during the uh, pandemic. So we just said, see COVID, look what you made us do. Um, now we're gonna be better able to feed people. But we've had some, we've had some turnover in the kitchen recently, but I think um, it's all been for the good. And I think the volunteers have really stepped up and they've made everybody new coming into the kitchen to help with the kitchen prep work and help with the kitchen serving. Uh, our diners and whatnot have, have made it very comfortable for the person who manages that area. They're always complimenting the chef on his fancy meals and stuff like that. But the fact that they enjoy working with him is, you know, is the most important thing. Maybe people don't realize that that anyone is welcome to come for a meal if they're Absolutely. in the neighborhood. Just drop in. The only thing you have to do is sign your name in the book so that we can count your meals, one provided to the community. And then you can actually see um, what we do for the community. Well, let's give the details. Tuesday and Thursday, 9 till 11, hot breakfast, coffee and juice. 11 till 1, a light lunch, soup and sandwich or leftovers from other meals but all good and of course my favorite of course is the Wednesday afternoon full basically a three-course meal a salad a main course which in today's world is called a protein a starch and a vegetable 
and then some type of dessert as well. Always. All packed for takeout too. Yes. For the full family. That's terrific. Right. And it can be taken as a takeout. If somebody comes and shops and wants to eat in, mm -hmm. we welcome that because we, we opened our dining room to the public again last June and we're looking to see the number of of uh people in seats at the tables increase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but if mm -hmm. you're still uncomfortable with public dining or mingling in social situations, if you come and ask for a meal to go home, we'll give you a meal for everyone in your family. Well, and I think the challenge also is not just whether people choose to eat in or not, it's the time allocation. Yep. When families are struggling with those issues that they have time is so important and they often don't have time to eat in our place so therefore that's why i think i don't know the numbers but i think it's certainly the majority if not a large majority of the meals that we're cooking are for takeout now yeah and they're usually for families of four or more so mm -hmm. every time one person goes through the line you know there's there's five or six meals going out the door so that's that's substantial. So amazing to have our Wednesday meals. And when the community comes in on Wednesday afternoons, perhaps I have to finish by saying we don't object to having donations to help us keep our mission going. We really care about it. We feel it. It's needed. We want to do it. Great visit. It I has. think we've yeah, had a thank great you. time. And Ian and I want to thank you for, for joining us in a community conversation. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are. Thank mm -hmm. you.